get your facts straight. Those stories are all lies. Ask me if I give a shit. <laughs> Chicken ain't nothing but a bird. Rappy ain't nothing but a motherfucker. All right, everybody, welcome. It's uh, another episode of the Silver Emulsion Podcast, and my name is Will. My name is Steven. Today, we are going all the way back to 67. This is a uh, very influential martial arts movie from Taiwan, directed by King Hu. It's called Dragon Inn, or sometimes uh, Dragon Gate Inn, depending on the translation. In the grand scheme of, of the modern era, what I consider the modern era from the beginning of Charles Brothers Color uh, martial arts movies 65 mm-hmm. so in the grant in the in the lineage of that Dragon Inn would be the third movie to come out that was super influential okay the first two being Come Drink With Me and One Armed Swordsman would be the next one alright and so Dragon Inn came out about three months after One Armed Swordsman in Taiwan, mm-hmm. it came out, but uh, it didn't come out in Hong Kong until many months later. Because after "Come Drink with Me," King Q was like, "Fuck off, Shaw Brothers! <laughs> I'm leaving. I want to go to Taiwan and make my own movies because I need more creative freedom." But he was still under contract with the Shaw Brothers, um, but it was as an actor, so he was able to to broker a deal with Run Run Shaw and part of the deal was the distribution rights of Dragon Inn in Hong Kong Mm. so Run Run Shaw held the release back until um, they released their pseudo sequel to Come Drink With Me called Golden Swallow Okay. so he wouldn't release Dragon Inn until after that came out that was in 68 so probably about mid 68 Dragon Inn came out in Hong Kong and it was a big hit it didn't matter that he held it back (laughs) it was a huge hit in in Taiwan earlier when it first came out so anyway well makes sense yeah having watched the movie that it would be a big hit (laughs) it was a big hit yeah you can just kind of feel it being very impressive for yeah like you can just I don't know what it is about it. I'm like looking at this like what 40 years later or something and yeah 50 50 yeah. 52 and I'm still like wow this is like really like you can just tell it's striving for greatness <laughs> it sure it is indeed yes it's uh it's one hell of a movie yeah it's it is definitely that <laughs> <laughs> yeah and 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 the move to Taiwan and the independent uh, production is a big part of why it's awesome <laughs> because uh, King Hu was able to do whatever he wanted. Yeah. He, they basically, the, the, the company at the start of the movie, Union Film Production or whatever, like they started that to produce this movie. Mm, okay. And then it would, 
it kept going for uh, you know I don't know a while after this movie, but uh, it started with this one. So it was uh, I don't know that it wasn't it didn't like kickstart the the Taiwanese film industry. There was obviously like movies being made there, but this was probably the one of the big landmarks of Taiwanese film. Hmm. Kind of put it on the map, whatever. Yeah. So. Is the language they're speaking? Because it sounds like uh, they're speaking Mandarin. Mandarin, yeah. Yes, okay. the 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 go-to language of all Hong Kong movies at the time. Okay. Um, Hong Kong had two industries, Cantonese and Mandarin, up until um, One Armed Swordsman. One Armed Swordsman was the first movie to make over a million dollars in Hong Kong. Hong Kong. A million Hong Kong dollars mm-hmm. and with that it became because uh, it was shot in Mandarin and so it became this thing like oh shit if you want a dope movie it's got to be in Mandarin like mm-hmm. the, the Cantonese movies were lower budget and so they were seen as like lesser movies okay and so because of one-armed swordsman it was just like huge movie Everybody was like, well, we got to make fucking Mandarin movies. And so the, the production of Cantonese movies just died. Mm. They just stopped. And it didn't restart until the... It's only... It was like five years. So like the mid... The early 70s. 72 was, was another one. And then just eventually... <laughs> not to get too far off the track, but eventually, like probably by the late 70s early 80s it was like 100% Cantonese Hmm. and no more Mandarin and then now it's shifted because of the handover in Mm, 97 and so now it's probably like 50-50 or so Mm. Um, unfortunately (laughs) might shift even further yeah they they, the agreement of the handover was, was for 50 years of of um, 50 years that China would keep Hong Kong's democratic rule. So 2047 is the year that uh, Hong Kong will become communist. Mm. And so I would imagine It'll that the, the Hong <clears throat> Kong industry is already pretty fucking beaten down. And like, there's still a lot of Cantonese movies being made, but they're all low budget. Um, so I would imagine by 2047 it would be completely gone and it would just be Mandarin movies because China is very much uh, has rules with an iron thumb over its its film industry they're uh, in the news recently for pulling releases for not being patriotic enough and things like that so yeah so goodbye Hong Kong cinema. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it's already kind of gone. But yeah. but uh, the in terms of action movies, the the Hong Kong movies are gone. But there's still a lot of good comedies and mm-hmm. and other movies that uh, don't have to have quite as big a budget to make a good movie. All right. Um, but yeah, the action movies are all fucking co-productions, and I uh, I don't know. I don't really care about those. But <laughs> 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 they're all right. Some of them are okay, but most of them. Kind of ruins it for you. They don't feel the same. They don't feel yeah. like Hong Kong movies, especially if they're not in Cantonese. But anyway, yeah. So D- Dragon is Mandarin. 
All right. Yeah, <laughs> more than you ever needed to know. Um, so, yeah, this is, uh, what is this, King Hugh's fourth movie? Hmm. I guess so. I don't know. I have to count. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like counting's too hard. It's, it is. I have to think straight, and I can't think straight right now. <laughs> uh, well, I did love the opening credits. Are they, uh, the scroll, yeah. Yeah, because they like, pull out the scroll of like this order, imperial order or whatever, right. and then it turns into the credits. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome, yeah. Was... And uh, all of the calligraphy done by King Hugh himself oh, okay. on the scrolls. All right then. Yeah. <laughs> he's a uh, he's a very perfectionist sort of a artist director, mm. and so I could see him being like, "I got this. <laughs> I don't need somebody else to do this. I can fucking write these, you know, exactly how I want them." Right. <laughs> he did a lot of art direction and costume design and stuff too in other movies earlier before he was a director in addition to being an actor so he uh he knew you know he, he's broad range of yeah so he knew what he was doing across multiple disciplines yeah and he brings it all into this movie so you saw come drink with me his first wuxia now right. you see this his next wuxia that he made just a few months later <laughs> you think this one is a little bit better or? um yeah, it's definitely more epic. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. There's there's a, a wider scope for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it it does just seem to be a higher quality production all around. <clears throat> it does, <coughs> which is is funny because this is probably lower budget than hmm. than uh, Come Drink with Me because. It doesn't have like the weight of of everything Shaw Brothers, you know, like the studio. Yeah. Um, everything that that brings to the production. So, but a lot of it is they shot a lot of it on location. So that, yeah, I think that helps that a lot too. A There's lot a lot of, like it, all yeah. the outside shots are really nice. And yeah, for sure. And it definitely, like the thing with Shaw Brothers, they shoot a lot outside, but it's always the same outside <laughs> locations <laughs> so it's like the same hills and the same beach and the same this and yeah so if you see a lot of them you know these locations mm -hmm. whereas come drink with me it's like i mean uh whatever you call it <laughs> dragon inn yeah it's a very distinct yeah. locale yeah so that you get the uh, the beauty of taiwan that you don't necessarily see in in those those other movies yeah. shaw brothers movies yeah, it's a, and I suspect probably the uh, Blu-ray Criterion Master. Uh, yes, no, you're very lucky. Is. Yeah, <laughs> you're lucky. This is, as far as I n know, that Criterion release is the first U.S. release of this movie ever. Oh, okay. It might have had some theatrical releases here or there, but never had a DVD. And the the way I first saw it was on uh, I, I believe it was a Hong Kong DVD I'm not sure it might have been a Taiwanese DVD I don't remember but it did not look good <laughs> not at all um, but the power of the movie you know 
yeah transcends right right but to see it this time you know all restored it was like holy fuck yeah it looks nice it's very gorgeous looking film yeah the uh the taiwanese film institute uh did this the 4k remaster whatever and mm. they've been working on all of king hugh's movies over the past this was the first one they did um a number of years ago now and mm. so they've done a few more i think they've finished two more and they ha and they have another he did a, like a short in this anthology and they restored that but uh they're still working on a couple more now he only made like i don't know 10 movies or something so they're almost working through his whole catalog <laughs> yeah so this movie is like come drink with me one of the defining motion pictures of the wuxia genre but but dragon in i would say is more so because it defines a lot of things that are still used and referred to hmm. um to this day things like the eunuch <laughs> <laughs> as far as i know this is the movie that like defined the badass eunuch as like a villain this mm. is the guy that's going to be your ultimate badass um define so it defines that and like the the in setting that's a part of come drink with me but like here it's the whole thing right which is kind of a western thing but but it's uh really defined here within the wuxia sense of like the uh i don't know how to describe it but just I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's it's just the the way that the people come together and nobody necessarily knows their allegiances until later date and you know yeah. things play out over time. Yeah, it's kinda got a nice pacing to it of setting up everything and yeah, I was wondering if it may be too slow for you or if it was it was alright. Oh, like that opening where that the first guy shows up and all dressed in white and yeah like they're the, all like the scholar yeah uh where he's, and they're like testing him and stuff yeah and he's like got all the trying to poison his wine and yeah yeah demanding all his food and stuff right yeah <laughs> just the tension in that scene is crazy <laughs> yeah super good that's similar to the scene in come drink with me and that's yeah, kind yeah. of like the only I mean, there's other parts in the inn, but that's like the major inn part of Come Drink With Me. And so he kind of, I don't want to say redoes it, because it's different. Yeah, he kind of builds on the concept. Yeah. But then it just, like, he's like, oh, yeah, you saw this kind of a thing. Now here's the whole rest of the movie that's still at the <laughs> end. You know, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Yeah, the whole setup of just how they've, like, taken over the inn, and then this guy, yeah. like, fumbling around in it, and then another guy shows up to fumble around in it. <laughs> right, right. It's cool. And then they all sort of come together, and they, yeah. you know, find out, like, oh, shit, you're you're a, a General you supporter as well. Like, we can team up, and... Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of funny how little it has to do with the, uh, the people they're trying to rescue. <laughs> Yeah, they're like you they're, barely see them. Yeah, they're they not have, characters I don't think they have really. Any dialogue and I don't all. think so. They're just running around looking kind of like scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like just run. 
Yeah, it looked like they need a bath or something. They're just like uh, running down the road all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not really about them at all. It's not really plot at all. It's 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 situational. Like there is a plot, but yeah, it's more just about the weird plays, the gambits of different of the yeah. different groups trying to outperform each other and so I, when we watched Come Drink with Me, I remember you noting a similar thing with the with that movie and how you thought that that it was a little bit too much focus on the action and needed more plot to sort of <laughs> string it together. So this one, I almost want to say there's less plot in yeah, this movie. Yeah, there kind of is. But, but I feel like it's better structured, like it just flows better. Yeah, it's kind of like the plot isn't even a part of it. Like it's not even trying to be. A, yeah. It's a just plot. like a it's setup. Just, yeah. It's more just trying to play with the ideas going on in it. And right. And in that sense, it kind of doesn't need a plot or I guess come drink with me more having a plot that everything was hanging off of. It kind of needed that to right. hold it together where this one is not even trying to structure around a plot. It's just, yeah, it's like, it's just, yeah, <laughs> it's just, yeah. <laughs> No, I agree. It's yeah. it's like it's trying to do something completely different. So it's and, and just right. kind of play with the the setup and what you can do in in this in setting. Yeah, and, like a sandbox, like these characters and throw them into this setting. And what's this guy gonna do when these guys poison his wine? And what's this guy gonna do? You know when right? You know this happens and yeah. And just watching all of that play out because the characters are well defined and the situation is very well defined and you know, it's just super right. fun. And it works. It's it's very exciting. Very uh you know, lots of tension, lots of action towards the end there, but not so much in the beginning. Right. But yeah, even in the beginning it's like that's kind of the most interesting parts of it in a way and just yeah. how it's setting everything up and yeah for like sure because everything is just coming in new and and then it's kind of at the end everything is already kind of set up in there and just playing out yes yes yeah i think if anything maybe that last half hour kind of dropped a bit for me some really I think that shit is so dope. Though I think it's because I like I wound up stopping the movie like right then. Okay. And like right when I think when the the woman gets like kind of beat up and they're bandaging her up, I kind of yeah. Okay. Had to pause it and go to the bathroom and then got distracted. Got in. So I think by the time I got back to it, like the flow had just uh, been interrupted. Okay. And yeah, because there's that big action scene. And then they bandage her up. And then, yeah, and then it slowly ramps back up into the, the finale action scenes. Right. I think I just kind of screwed it up by <laughs> stopping yeah. the movie. And Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> but, Life got in the way, but yeah. oh well. <laughs> but, yeah, I... Yeah, I don't think... I mean, in terms of, like, the stuff is all set up and then it's just action, like, that is true. <laughs> it is just stuff playing out, and perhaps it is less interesting. Yeah, I don't know because I was way. like super into it right until then, and then I came back and sat down like, mm, 
and then it just yeah, kind of okay, like well, I think me, I just f- fucked myself up. Yeah, by, popped the balloon. Yeah, because I was like really into it up until then. Then, uh, hmm. and then you just weren't into it at all. No, it wasn't like I wasn't into it. It's just it wasn't like suddenly like urgent to find out like what, oh what's gonna happen now? yeah <laughs> man even like the fucking eunuch battle at the end when they're all having to team up and stuff yeah that's that just was like kinda, whatever yeah that was kind of i don't know that one kind of sat weird with me and how so i don't I'm trying to f- even figure out what it was like it was i don't know maybe like somehow that one was just not connecting with me and that's i think it was hmm. not so much the movie as me just having broken out of it and i gotta watch it again yeah i I, I think that was just disrupting the flow kind of knocked me out of it and yeah for sure didn't quite get it maybe i needed like some more time to ramp back into it and Hmm. just didn't have that time or whatever but oh man because that eunuch battle and like all that shit leading up to it too is ah it's so dope I don't know. Yeah, I kind of felt like it was already like <laughs> over, and it was still just kept on going for some reason. Oh man, which no is way. weird because I was thinking about it at the time, like, why? No, this shouldn't be doing this. Like, <laughs> like normally I want like a good big meaty fight scene to end it up. Yeah, like, it's pretty long, but yeah. So I don't know. I, I think it was just the fact that I hmm. cut it, cut out for a bit, and then got jumped back in, and it just. I'd, I'd lost the. Oh, that's a shame. I'd lost the buildup. Yeah. It kind of. Well, that's too bad. Because well, I, I don't it think again. it is anything with the film that. I wouldn't was a say problem it is. Because I, I, I can't yeah. see anything that like oh that shouldn't have happened or that was too poorly done or like yeah not for me I, or something. I would say that it just. Like I don't know that I would say it's just up all the way to the <laughs> end because I really like that fight right before they bandaged her up like that stuff is super dope and then yeah. it does kind of go down a little bit because it's a lull as as it should be right that's right. fine but then it does kind of just ramp back up i don't know i love that eunuch battle i mean i like eunuchs in general <laughs> just because they were a thing when i was getting into hong kong movies it was just like oh yeah that fucking dope ass eunuch is gonna kick some ass <laughs> and uh there's a really good one in in the Jet Li movie tai chi master mm. um which is something that we should watch at some point but uh so i have always had this uh you know like love of the hong kong eunuch and so <laughs> when i finally watched this movie and it was like oh shit this is kind of the birth of the eunuch as a, hey. as a thing in yeah, martial yeah. arts movies it was it was really exciting for me hmm. yeah i kind of like there was one thing i was almost expecting it to, to do where it's like because they they get him at some point at like normally he's like walking around he's got this blanket on yes takes, takes the blanket off goes out fights something like takes the jacket off and yeah, hands it off yeah. to his guy, and then they like take his hat off with the sword right i yeah. was expecting like there to be like a pass a big skirmish and then they'd retreat off and then he'd take off another layer and then oh. take off another layer and he'd find out he's got like 10 robes on or something <laughs> like you wanted it to be longer <laughs> you wanted him to keep going I don't know. It was kind of weird. <laughs> I was expecting him to be like, oh, he's still got like red pants under that white robe. He's going to take that white robe off. He's going to have this red suit under it. And then he's going to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not. It's not. Uh, it's not supposed to be over the. T- you know, this isn't. Right, right. Comedy. <clears throat> he was very focused on, yeah. on the tension and stuff. Not that there's not comedy, but. 
Yeah. But yeah, he was doing some crazy stuff there at the end. Of just chopping down the trees and... Fuck yeah. And yeah. Jumping around through the trees. That was actually... That, that got me thinking how you've... You've talked about the special effects evolved for the wuxia jumping and right. stuff. Right. There's and no... There's... The, the wire work at that time was just swinging, <laughs> swinging yeah. on wires. And so there's a couple of moments where you see them kind of swinging by the camera real quick. And so, yeah, yeah there's it, no no flying into trees wire work. Yeah, and, and they still had some jumping stuff going on. Right. So yeah. Especially with him, like, bouncing through the trees, which yeah, they I did with that. these, like, quick pans and yeah. cuts and that, that was really clever setup to I, I love that. make that work. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, King... King Hu in general, even even in the later movies of his that I've seen, when there is better wire work, he seems to favor editing. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think about one of the last movies he made, he like left halfway through. It's called Swordsman. And uh, the Hong Kong director, Soi Hark, one of my favorites, was like, King Hu, you're you're fucking awesome. You're like one of my idols. Let's make a movie. I'll produce it because I have this company and like mm. let's fucking do this. And then <coughs> at some point, King Hu got got uh, either sick or something happened where he was just like, I'm fucking done. I don't want to make this movie anymore. <laughs> and so he left. I think he got sick, but I don't remember. So anyway, then Soy Hart got all these other directors himself included he got like five or six other directors to come in and like finish it in the style of king hue hmm. and so that's like 1990 and i feel like there's some pretty extensive wire work in that but other than that i don't i don't feel like there's any real wire work in king hue's movies that i've that i can remember yeah so he he's he's big on editing he loves rhythm of editing and yeah and piecing stuff together and and a lot of stuff that that would become like soy hark staples like editing and moving camera and like it just very uh expressive camera and things like that yeah i don't know yeah i was noticing especially in that eunuch fight there's a lot of edit in like cuts to different shots yeah in, in a way that i think was a bit more than what i've usually seen in these kind of hong kong films like that before that yeah it seemed and i not in a bad like clear like deliberately and for effects that worked and yeah for sure no king hu is is uh one of the best in terms of editing stuff together in action and he's like a guy that that i wish people who make action movies now would like sit down and watch a movie like this because in, in nowadays especially the last like 20 years everybody thinks more edits is better editing or whatever <laughs> right. like we and gotta like cut 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 and it's like this shit should be done for effect yeah not yeah just because there, there should whatever. be a purpose to it not just yeah. to show so, as many punches as possible in a two second span <laughs> yeah no. well and part of that with american <clears throat> stuff is that they have people who can't fight <laughs> Mm. that are in these fighting movies or whatever and so they have to edit around them but right. i don't know it's still you could edit it better you could film it better i don't know so they go back to the masters you know <laughs> but uh in terms of modern filmmaking uh soy hark is one of the best in terms of editing and and 
bringing action into the you know stuff from from like the 60s he's he's big on kinky and stuff so he he takes a lot of a lot of style and things from him not that he doesn't have his own style but right kind of the lineage yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's funny is that soy hark is primarily like in terms of wuxia filmmakers i think of the two schools of king hu and cheng che and so soy hark is basically a king hu filmmaker but he made a movie in cheng che's style like deliberately <laughs> called the blade it's a remake of one-armed swordsman and it's super fucking gory and like <laughs> it's super cheng che and it's awesome <laughs> it's a uh, totally different than a lot of his other movies and so it's it's cool interesting yeah but but uh dragon in has also been remade a couple of times by soy hark he he, hmm. he he produced a 90s remake that's really cool called new dragon gate Inn, and then in the like 2010 or so he he he, he himself directed a movie called flying swords of dragon gate in i don't know if there's in on the title of that one but but that one's, I think, more fantasy and stuff. Hmm. But anyway, lots of Dragon Gate in, Dragon Inn stuff around. Influence continues. Yeah. Certainly uh, seems like it should be an influential film. It's just, it's very, it's just clearly, like, it's just a, it's a, real deal film here. yeah like yeah well and that's the thing with <clears throat> martial arts movies you know everybody thinks like ah it's just a martial arts movie who gives a shit but like no this is this is fucking filmmaking and especially yeah. his next movie touch of zen like holy fuck that's <laughs> that's like beyond anything like it's it's beyond martial arts movie it's like this weird sort of martial hmm. arts fucking drama horror art house hybrid it's so <laughs> dope it's one of my favorite movies ever mm. um and so it's uh it's like you can't if you really like movies and you watch this or touch of zen you have to like say like dude this is some real shit <laughs> <laughs> this isn't just an action movie or whatever like this guy is a, is a real artist yeah so I'm glad that Criterion uh, picked both of them up and released them because okay. when I reviewed both of those movies, they did they not have a U.S. Them, yeah. release. And Touch of Zen got got a DVD back way back when Tyson put out a DVD, but it was fucking awful. That's the way I I watched it the first time, but mm. <laughs> <laughs> looks considerably better now. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. You got any? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to, to say much about it. Other than, uh, just weird stuff like uh, the hats they wear that are that are like they don't have a top. They're just yeah, like the, the little donut, the brim thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love. I love how there was the one shot where they like pass one like through the camera, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like transitions to that. That was a really cool setup. Yeah, it's fun. Fun just, stuff. Have you seen those hats before? I don't think I've seen those. Or they were kind of new to me. I wondered if maybe there were I mean, I'm, like a Japanese equivalent or something like that. I mean, I do see, like, the ones that I see, like, the Japanese equivalent actually have, like, a top to that. Oh, like they do a have a top. top. Okay. Where the, these ones were just, like, a 
just a donut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I hope it's not too sunny. I mean, they're kind of out in the desert there. Yeah, I was kind of wondering, like, oh, man, like, how does how's that work? Like, <laughs> you get sunburned. Some of, I, them, some of them have, uh, I guess they do, the, the girl has one where she has the, like, the shade over it. Yeah, yeah. And she yeah. kind of has the opening. And there. I've seen that before, I think. But yeah. I, I don't remember if, where I've seen that before, if it had a top to the hat or if it was just the flat panel. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I was trying to think, like, I guess that's for, like, airflow or something, just to, like, not just have it all stuffed onto your head or something but yeah, i don't know don't like, ask me i don't know but what then it's you for. got the sun beating down on it it's not blocking the rain anymore like what what's it doing you know right so maybe it's just you know like uh any fashion trend maybe it doesn't make a hundred percent sense right <laughs> maybe it's just like why would people wear bell-bottom jeans <laughs> i don't know because that's just what's in right now you know right right so maybe that's what it was just some weird <laughs> fashion trend of uh yeah whatever the 1450s or 14, whatever this yeah, was 1450s it is set in a period of time specific yeah. period of time and uh um obviously well maybe not obviously but uh there weren't people jumping around and and super powered eunuchs and stuff <laughs> but but i don't know maybe there maybe were there were maybe. maybe there were but uh, the 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 basis of the of the eunuchs and power and stuff like that. That is a historical thing that that was, you know, that point in time. Mm. And the the secret police and all that stuff that they talk about at the beginning of the movie that they kind yeah, of yeah. dump on you. Like, that that is a historical basis for all this stuff. It's, a, you know, real deal stuff that then becomes wuxia fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, did you like the little, the, the, the flights of fantasy? You know, like the, where the, the scholar, um, could like, he was like catching the fucking dagger with his oh, chopsticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He catches that arrow in his fucking wine jug and like yeah. shoots it back. And yeah, that was great. That was great when he shot it back at him. Yeah, <laughs> loved that stuff. I loved all that shit. Yeah, it's uh, they didn't again. It's like they don't have the special effects for like super bombastic fantasy, but they can through editing and through like certain things still make the characters like super powered. Yeah, it was still pretty awesome stuff going on. Yeah, I enjoy all of that. Yeah, I just I I love how like casual the dude was about it. Like, because in Come Drink with Me, the woman's like very serious and just like stern yes. badass and, and this guy's just so much like just more casual about it yeah he's a real happy-go-lucky kind of guy <clears throat> like oh sure like like even after he's like f- like forced the guy to drink the poisoned wine and like just, <laughs> just sitting there eating and the guy comes in and is like oh hi how you doing like, <laughs> like looks at the dead body like fucking hell yeah, yeah i just i loved his attitude towards it all of just like yeah like you're just gonna take it as it comes and <laughs> yeah i would say that all those kind of those like defined characters like that are very influential as well like you see those kind of people show up in other wushas after this movie and uh i mean obviously it's not the first wuxia or anything but 
but this was incredibly influential. Yeah. And still is, you know. So. And those those actors, most of these actors, like the main people, the guy who is in white, the scholar guy, um, Shi Chun, and the main girl, Polly Shenkwan, and the eunuch, Pai Ying, all three of them, that's like their first movie. Oh, okay. And they all went on to be um, in a lot of movies. Hmm. Some of them in multiple King Hu movies. Uh, the first guy, Shi Chun, is in... Uh, what's it called? Touch of Zen. <laughs> <laughs> He's the main guy in that. And the uh, there's a one of the daughters that you don't really see in this movie. She's just, like, running. <laughs> She's the star of Touch of Zen with Shi Chun. Okay. Her name is Su Feng. And uh, she's in a, a shitload of movies, too. So it's... I don't know the story, but I, I imagine that he discovered these people. I mean, they're not young. They're not, like, kids or anything. So yeah. I don't know where they came from. I don't know if they're in Taiwanese movies that just nobody knows about and they're not right. you know listed on anywhere but maybe they were in a theater perhaps or something perhaps. instead of film yeah that's definitely a thing so i don't know but they all fucking emerged and were awesome <laughs> yeah. and went on to become stars <laughs> <coughs> yeah pai ying when he got a shaw brothers contract and the early 70s and he was there for a long time and then he went on he was in all these fucking 80s movies as villains and things and hmm. and just yeah they're just they all became stars i just i don't know i think it's kind of like just imagine if if like uh i don't know like a big movie is like fucking tom cruise's first movie and arnold's first movie you know and like julia roberts first movie it would be like holy shit all these people just came out of this one movie yeah and i think the closest i can think to that is uh excalibur had a lot of yeah like, there's a lot of uh, of people like in that yeah. people i'm not sure if that was like their first but it was kind of like one of the earlier big films i know for like uh patrick stewart and uh liam neeson, liam neeson and, yeah. yeah and so I'm pretty sure it was not Helen Mirren's first role, but but yeah, she's in there too. Yeah, yeah but that's that's another one of it, and I don't, I don't think that's like their first roles necessarily, but that's like the closest I can think of too. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of really big right, actors right. in early parts <laughs> of their career before they were super yeah big, and because I'm I'm pretty uh, whoever played Merlin in that movie too was I think like a th they were they were like Shakespeare theater actors that yeah. they okay. pulled into them like Patrick Stewart I know was in like a sh was a Shakespearean actor and I'm pretty sure Merlin was and yeah um, Liam Neeson I think what was, he was just getting started but I could see him doing some Shakespeare yeah I don't know if he was doing what but you know, that was kind of the beginning of his film career was there but yeah, if that's not the first, it's got to be right it was in his there. Big, it was his breakout one, anyway, yeah. I think. But yeah, because that's real early yeah. for him, yeah. Hmm. Well. Yeah. I don't know. We got anything else about the dragon in? 
it's awesome. I, mean, I don't know what else to say about it. It's like it is. Awesome. Yeah, it, it, it is one of those films where it's just like there's not a whole lot to talk about per se. It's just kind of right, but it's a lot of fun and super fun. Definitely, just keeps building and ratcheting up the situation. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he made another movie set around an inn. Um, the movie after Touch of Zen, he had to come back to Hong Kong and make a movie for Golden Harvest, and mm. uh, he made The Fate of Lee Khan, and that movie, also fucking awesome, mm-hmm. but it's a, another variation on the in formula that he sort of pioneered, and uh, definitely worth seeing. Yeah. I guess there is that, uh, there's no, like, main character in this movie, like, at all. It's just... No, not really. It's just, there's people and they're all running around and do stuff. Like, yeah, there's... No, the... Nobody gets the center dramatic focus no. at all. No, there's just the main, the main good guys. <laughs> I would say that the, the female swordswoman and the scholar swordsman... I would say that they're more upfront than the other guys. Yeah, but not by much. Right, it's yeah, not by it's... much, but they are. I would. I think they're featured more than like her brother. I mean, he's there most of the time too, though. Yeah, I mean, and he shows up before her. He, he's he does. The, he's like the first guy that actually shows up. He does. And, yeah. And then at the end, she's not actually in that fight for most of it until like the very end of it right because she's fighting those other guys and then when when the eunuch tries to escape she's there to stop him yeah kind of they bump into each other there yeah well uh, yeah i guess so yeah it's kind (laughs) of yeah it's just it's yeah there's those three good guys the brother and sister and the scholar guy and Then I guess the innkeeper is—he's a little lower down on the. Yeah, he was definitely supporting. Yeah, I mean everybody's kind of supporting. The yeah, movie. it's like uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. There's like there's no, like lead actor. Actually. Yeah, it's just yeah. like everybody's a supporting actor. I guess because it's it's not plot based, right. so it doesn't necessarily have to have like one standout person. It can just explore all of these people and their. Their reactions, reactions to things, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, like, even the villains, there's a kind of a wide variety of... Yeah, you get the I hierarchy mean, of villains as well, yeah. I mean, the eunuch is kind of, like, the big guy, but... Yeah, for like, sure. You know, he only really shows up at the end, so... Yeah. And he's there at the beginning to introduce him, and then... Yeah, and then you just got, like, the little underling dudes, and then his the two like general kind of a guys yeah that they have to fight and they're there through most of the movie right the guys with this the guy with the cross scar and then yeah and then the other guy dressed in white that gets another scar eventually right right and the other main guy that's in blue and he has a hat that's uh that's the guy that does the action choreography of the whole movie Han oh, okay. Che. he's also the uh the big boss and in bruce lee's big oh, boss right He's a big uh, choreographer in in these early days throughout. You know, he's one of the yeah. the defining choreographers okay. for this era and beyond. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then there's that uh, 
that general from outside that just wanders in and then dies five Oh, yeah, that later. fucking dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to be awesome. Then, psh, nope. That poor guy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you can't, uh, can't talk with the eunuch, man. He's just an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't reason with him. It's like, where's the, like, imperial order? And they're right here. It's <laughs> your fucking order. <laughs> uh. Poor guy. He obviously did not grow up watching Hong Kong movies. Otherwise, he would have known that the eunuch is not a guy to fuck with. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I thought he was going to hang around a bit more and, like, be one of the other, like, hero dudes that yeah. hangs out and joined the team and <laughs> didn't last very long no <clears throat> it was not his fate nope oh well hmm well so yeah I guess uh, I guess Touch of Zen is up next if we're gonna continue the King Q I don't know we gotta watch One Armed Swordsman at some point I guess yeah yeah See where it goes. Yeah. I'm interested to see if you like Touch of Zen, though, because I know, like, to me, it's one of the greatest. Like, mm-hmm. it's fucking awesome. It's it's one of my favorite movies. But I know people that that are super into martial arts movies that feel the same way that I do, and I know other people that are like, it's kind of shitty. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of, like, ridiculous and too long and mm. stuff like that, but. So I have hopes that you will like it as well, but yeah, I tend to like weird things. So it's its own thing for sure. <laughs> it's uh, like I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's very unique hmm. in a good way. All right, <laughs> look forward to it. Yeah, so we'll have to see that. I'll, I'll go into it with inflated expectations of perfection and then, yes, and then yes. come, come out all upset and annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> you might be. I mean, don't... I don't know... Because it's not like this movie at all, but it is very much like the next step from this movie. Okay. Like all of the things in this movie... Like there's not an end setting, but, but it's still very tension-based. The fights are very similar to the how they are in this one in terms of how they're filmed and edited and stuff like that it just like mm. it just keeps it just goes out into the outer reaches of shit <laughs> like that you would never expect martial arts movies to, like it's beyond martial arts movie it it becomes art house movie it's fucking it's amazing huh. it's so cool i love it <laughs> all right well, I guess I guess that's it. I don't know. Yeah. Dragging in. You should watch the the remakes too. Like I haven't seen the newer remake, but the uh, the '90s remake is actually I saw that one back in the late '90s before I ever saw this movie. Mm. Um, so it was my first incarnation of of Dragon Inn that I saw, and I fucking thought it was awesome, and it is awesome because <laughs> it's '90s and it's uh, Hong Kong, and that's like their sweet spot of yeah. awesome yeah in terms of wuxia and, and wire work and all that stuff so yeah definitely definitely one to watch as well cool uh yeah so i guess i guess that's it yeah.
guess so. Adios. See ya. <laughs>